I basically am the vocal athlete of our generation. Not my generation. I love singing your music, I have to say. I mean, I do I do take it up the octave because it's a little low for me, but <laughs> I love it. I really do. Yeah! Yeah! Ain't nobody got time for that. And welcome back to Core Life Decision. I'm Chris. I'm the king of R and B. Why are you like this? Why are you like this? And he gets to say it. I do too. But I'm also doing. <laughs> oh my goodness! Listen, I am convinced that that little boy just. I'm convinced he was trolling everybody. I don't know. I don't know. You know, sometimes he just had delusions of grandeur, and that's it. They really do. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> How's it been going for you this week, Doyen? Oh, uh, just dandy. Um, I have a four-day week this week, so that's really exciting. Why is that? Um, I'm flying to St. Louis for my oh. anniversary this weekend. Oh. That'd <laughs> be. How has your week been so far? It's been okay. Um, So last week, I probably slept a grand total of four hours all week. And so Saturday morning, around 5, 5.30-ish, I still had not been asleep. I took some Benadryl. I took Benadryl because I was itching. But I took some Benadryl, and I literally slept all day saturday and the majority of the day sunday <laughs> praise god for benadryl <laughs> <laughs> so um my weekend was pretty good <laughs> i um oh, i also finished half-blooded prince last night and uh i was pretty upset because doyen did not warn me ahead of time don't finish reading half-blooded prince while you're in bed trying to go to sleep so I spent <laughs> most of the night last night crying because, well, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't read it, but it was sad. <laughs> Listen, like I said, I read that in probably high school. It's well over a decade from now, and I don't remember. It's just everything just like, it's one big story it's to me now. <laughs> so what are you drinking tonight? Okay, so I named this drink a Texas Mule, and basically it's Old Smoky Moonshine, that's the brand, mango and habanero whiskey with Owens ginger and lime juice, and so it's like a, usually people call it like a Southern Mule or a Kentucky Mule, but because it was a little spicy, I am claiming it as a partial Texan. Okay, that sounds you? delish. Well, I too, <laughs> this is funny. I, I was gifted some old smoky moonshine and, <laughs> and it is peppermint. And so Ooh. I am drinking it with a few splashes of 7-Up and it is really tasty. I love all things mint. So mm. I even love that. <laughs> I even love that chocolate mint that you get at Olive Garden at the end of your meal. 
That's literally the best part about Olive Garden. I, <laughs> this is why you and me must never part because everybody always clowns me about loving that chocolate mint. Yeah, I love all things mint. So this is really good. And shout out to my gifter. Lately, um, I just started getting into chocolate and mint. So I like the Andes and I like um uh, what are the Girl Scout cookies? Thin mints. Thin mints. But they mm-hmm. have to be frozen. And then it's just like happiness. See, mm-mm. that's part of why I don't like Andes. <laughs> I don't like that cool. Like I like my mint, but I like my mint like room temperature. I like my mint to be like peppermint or spearmint, not winter mint. And mm-hmm. Andes reminds me of winter mint. But you know, Andes is the Olive Garden chocolate. Is it? Yes. Listen, <laughs> I'm back. I'm here. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> Somebody is really on CPT tonight. <laughs> she showed up with 15 S's. <laughs> we we are just we have just introduced ourselves. I don't think I don't think um oh, our third party needs introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I think y'all are used to it, but we've got favorite human Becca with us again tonight. I didn't realize we were live. My bad. <laughs> we live, baby. We live. Oh. <laughs> well, Becca, we just I talked about drinks. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What have you been drinking on tonight, Becca? <laughs> well... I am coming off two very strong old fashions, which were absolutely delightful. And I am now um, drinking some Madeira. So the, I guess it's like in between a port and a very robust red wine, but it's really wonderful. So I'm drinking that right now. Nice. And water. Delightful. Oh yes, water. Because we are past 30. (laughs) (laughs) And our livers will thank us one day. One day. (laughs) (laughs) For that little drop of water. Um, So moving on, really, there was just no breeze of blackness for me this week. So (laughs) we're going to current events. (laughs) I feel like actually that makes me like feel better that I'm like continue to be more blackity black where like things aren't hitting me like you know yeah Yeah. in a big way so let's move on to uh current events so first of all i kind of sorry i just every time i think about it i just sigh but um (laughs) (laughs) Uh i wanted to talk about the cardi set drama oh lord (laughs) and the saga that continues well, so, y'all won. Y'all won. Listen, so first of all, <laughs> I will say, um, Offset tweeted this week in all caps, but his spelling has improved, but it was like five words. Oh my God. He was like, <laughs> he was like, I miss Cardi. And it was all spelled perfectly. Well, <laughs> I mean, hopefully he can spell okay. his baby mama's name right. Hopefully. So... I don't. I don't know. I wonder if he could spell her real name. See how y'all drag me down with you. See how you drag me down. <laughs> that is. That is not even what I was about to say. I for those of you who have been super busy or you know doing something else and not keeping up with all the good trash news, 
So, you know, last week we talked about their drama and probably like, I don't know, a whole two hours after we we wrapped up the show, (laughs) Cardi decides to, you know, post a little vid on Instagram and let us know that, hey, we ain't back together and we probably (laughs) going to get a divorce. And that's that. And then Offset (laughs) comments under her post, y'all won't. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all won't. Like, my guy, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you lost. We didn't win. Right. You lost. Like, like it was something we did. Like, right. these are the things that you do. And, and then, then... Go ahead. Okay, I was say the next day, the side chick gets on Instagram. Oh, Trying Lord, to have a teary apology. Ain't no tear on anybody's face. Maybe she, again, maybe she has an Android screen and we just can't see Ooh, the video petty, that well. Petty, petty. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't see any tears on her face, but she was talking about, I didn't know it was that serious. I'm like, girl, maybe you should err on, you know, on the side of considering all marriages to be serious <laughs> and <laughs> considering people are married, you know, that's legal. That- you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot she said I ain't really think they married. Yeah, serious. she did. Like, girl, what? I just I didn't know what the point of her posting that video was. <laughs> Apart from she. to make me laugh. Neither does she. And then did y'all see the clip of of uh, Cardi performing motorsport? <laughs> Is this she, one where she changed she just, the lyrics? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I was like, yes, I stand a regular schmegular diggler girl from the Bronx. <laughs> I just love Cardi. I just, I mean, at the end of the day, she's been on Love and Hip Hop, and she's already been drugged through the mud with all the guys she dated on there. I'm happy that she's just like, Listen, I'm not gonna do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna do this too much. And she's like, "Yeah, me and my baby Farva is still cool, <laughs> but we always gonna have lovey for each other." But I'm done. And then she gifted us with a picture of culture. Yeah, she's like, "Just in case of y'all sad, look at this baby, bam." I know it. <laughs> that baby is so <laughs> darn she cute. So sweet. Doesn't she look oh, cute? Oh my sweet? goodness. Oh, good feels, good feels. Um, moving on to this is actually a really good week for like social media news, but um, talking about Beyonce's wedding performance, and so I think uh, the person that she performed for (laughs) was like one of the richest people in India. Now, Indian people already do weddings on the next level. Like it's not like a day. Or like a rehearsal right. dinner and then the day. It's a week, <laughs> you know, and people spend money already. So for whoever got married to next level, people's next level stuff, which is like super dope. <laughs> <laughs> like Beyonce had hey. a little onesie. <laughs> this morning, um, so I usually watch uh, BBC World News in the morning and they had uh, this correspondent who was there and he seemed a little like ticked off that we were just focusing on Beyonce because he was like there's so many more performers who were there and this was an entire show and Beyonce was only a part of the show and I was like dude we don't know what people 
We know Beyonce. And, and it doesn't matter who she shares the stage with. It's her <laughs> stage. And that is precisely why I would never want Beyonce at my wedding. Not <laughs> as a friend, not as a performer, because it's my wedding and it's about me. <laughs> and my groom, I guess. But <laughs> definitely not, you know. But to be fair, if you have a wedding that lasts days, yeah. like, I'm going to need to be entertained. You're going to have to entertain me if I'm going to be there for days. Yeah, I mean, I'm not faulting her. I'm just saying that the the way <laughs> my narcissism is set up, it will not. Real. That's so real. <laughs> um, yes, indeed. Moving on to our next topic was about Priyanka. Um, yeah, I think her name is Priyanka Chopra. Chopra. Chopra of Jonas. Now that's what I was trying to get to. Um, I've also been but anyways, <laughs> um, so basically, um, I think maybe the day our podcast we were doing it, there was an article that came out, and this writer was talking about how Priyanka was like a gold digger, and she's taking advantage of Nick, and you know she wanted all these nice things for her life, and it honestly. It didn't make sense except for the fact that it was just a white person talking about a brown person mm. and being a hater. Mm. So she was like, yeah, so Nick DM'd her and then she started her plan to put her claws in him. And I'm like, but Nick DM'd her. Like, clearly he had he started off with the interest. And then she was talking about how, like, her team would buy her all the stuff and she didn't need it. And I'm like, literally, Priyanka was one of Bollywood's biggest actresses. Like, right. <laughs> if you think the wealth gap in America is bad, the wealth gap oh, in yeah. India is triple worse because there's, if you're rich, you're rich, rich. <laughs> you're, you're big rich. You're, right. Like, I remember when I was in India and I was in a hotel and they're having a wedding, every single person had on Louboutins. <laughs> I was like, okay, so like, you know, did they have a, you know, like everybody has money over, you know, like, in certain communities so i'm like for her to be bollywood's biggest star she had money like she decided oh bollywood's boring let me go do hollywood instead you know like let me try that out and see if i could succeed here too that was a challenge for her it wasn't like she was looking for money and she was also like miss world or miss universe in 2000 or something like that so she's been like around for a while like she's not yeah. new to the scene trying to make a name for herself or something like that. She's not a B-list celebrity just because like we just found out about her like three years ago. Right. Yeah. I mean, at the end of, well, at the end of the day, I wrote on my notes, how problematic is it that the writer considered Priyanka as less than just because she's brown? Because that's at the end of the day what it ended up being. That's ex- like, yeah. exactly what it was. And it was this very culturally insensitive writer um she was talking about how like how dare Priyanka have Donus uh Nick Donus like ride in to the ceremony on this horse like he was clearly uncomfortable and that's just a traditional part of a Hindu wedding is like the groom rides in on a horse and just the fact that as a writer you couldn't even do that research and look into mm-hmm. the fact that these are the cultural norms the religious norms for the, this group of people like come on well, and then, so the cut, the um, publication, 
deleted the article before I could read mm-hmm. it. And they deleted it pretty quickly because uh, Becca posted it to the group chat. And, you know, I saw it and I was like, okay, I'm going to read it when I get through doing this. And by the time I came back to it, it was gone. And my thing with them, though, was, oh, upon further review, it doesn't reflect our values. Like, did you not read Hello, it before right. you hit send? Like, that's crazy. Where were no. the editors? Right there, <laughs> reading the article, <laughs> thinking it was great and groundbreaking until they got all that Twitter backlash. Mm-hmm. But it was weird because, like, even people, like, even if you weren't even thinking about the cultural element of it like when my coworkers read it and she's like she never says in any way how priyanka is scamming jonas at all exactly <sighs> i'm happy for them i know a lot of people were kind of side-eyeing the fact that everything from the wedding was sponsored but honestly if i could get stuff sponsored i that's that would be my life like i'd be like mm-hmm. oh i wrote these notes with a uh, sharpie please buy some mm-hmm. and have my special link you know like okay <laughs> And celebrities get everything for free all the time anyway. Yeah, like, even, like, didn't Kanye and Kim, like, sell their wedding pictures? I don't recognize that name. Shmanye mm-hmm. and Kim. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think they did. <laughs> uh, moving on, so uh, Jordan Peele is blessing us again with a new movie that's coming out in March, I believe, and it's called and so basically the description of the film is a mother which is lupita and a father winston duke take their kids to their beach house expecting to unplug and unwind with friends but as night descends their serenity turns to tension and chaos when some shocking visitors arrive uninvited and so a is winston and lupita and i'm super sold um, Winston Duke, who was in Baku, was one of my favorite people on Black Panther. He was a goofball. Um, and I also hope that it's better than that dinner party movie that Becca made us watch on Netflix that one time. I thought it was good. <laughs> was that weird. movie was. <laughs> well, yeah, it was weird. It was a thriller, but it was good. Oh, it took like an hour and a half for people to die. Like, I was just like, if it's going to be a thriller, <laughs> it needs to, like, Get buck immediately. It took too long to like <laughs> build. Doyen is so hard to please. <laughs> it's like Doyen had me questioning things that I've loved all my life. <laughs> Jesus trash. Leave me alone. <laughs> We're not going to get into the cultural importance of a movie like Juice, okay? Mm-hmm. We're just not going to do it right now. Um, I just want to see Winston again. Oh, yeah. And of course, I love to see Lupita whenever she's on my screen. Um, I don't want to see the handmaid lady. Yeah. Elizabeth. <laughs> yes. I love yeah. her. I think she's a wonderful actress. I think she's a good face actress. Um, I just want her to be more attractive. Oh, we've had this conversation before i I think i told you like i wish she was more attractive she's just i don't know she has like some some wide lip situation going on you know what (laughs) no 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 it's not that i think she's like ugly or anything like that i don't i don't think she's ugly but people it seems like i feel like people keep trying to 
sell her to me as attractive and I'm not buying it. Sarah Jessica Parker. That's another one. (laughs) But see, okay, see with Sarah, it's different because Sarah has this style and I think that that steps up. Mm. I think that that like offsets, if you will, Mm -hmm. (laughs) her facial issues. (laughs) You know, maybe some of our white faves are just visually problematic. Anyways. Um, oh, oh wait, I did want to come back after talking about Beyonce, that Kalani did tweet that Beyonce is in fact the king of R&B. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then whatever it is, I don't, I don't know how to say his name. Jacquez, 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 <laughs> irrelevant so the pronunciation of his we sound like a spanish really like conjugating class yo jacquet <laughs> and the thing is though i really i well i don't really but i do kind of like him but it's like boy sit down right i <laughs> even of this generation you still behind like mario neo <laughs> there's just so many more people that are ahead of you omarion lloyd we hadn't even gotten to beyonce's level like this this is just like c level right um yeah jay holiday (laughs) Holiday. i've only got one song that i know (laughs) talking about nah bro Oh. oh god yeah. even dirty dick robert like come on <laughs> just fall back just fall back wait your turn and fall back even though your turn probably will never be here because we don't even know a song that's yours like is he like my a, favorite um, song my favorite song of his is tripping and that's not his, not song. his song i say is he like a sound clown singer did you say sound clown <laughs> SoundCloud. <laughs> I mean, he's got a song or two, I think. Um, he had a whole album. I just can't think of he it. He has a whole album? Yeah, oh, he's had a whole album. Wow. In today's technology, yes. it's not hard for anybody to have an album. That is so true. Look at us. We're on iTunes. <laughs> right? I'm a, a SoundCloud podcaster. <laughs> Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh-huh. We love you, Kelani. Um, so moving on to our somethings, someone section. We wanted to talk about, so this week, um, the Supreme Court declined an appeal from certain states, conservative states. They were trying to remove funding from Planned Parenthood. And the thing about it is, like, the precedent was already out there that, like, I think federal or state funding cannot be applied to abortion. And so really it was just people really just being against low income women uh, at this point and access to reproduction services. It is all about hating women and it is all about denying, like you said, poor women access to medical care. And it's just infuriating because um, the thing about it is some of these judges, not even just judges, some of the people that you know who live around you every day, who talk that talk, 
if their 13, 14, 15-year-old daughter came home pregnant, they've taken her to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. Right. The difference is they have doctor friends or they have friends that they can pay to get this done. And they also have access to funds to pay like exorbitant amounts to pay people under the table to get this done. Because it happens every day. Even every if day. they didn't want, even if they allowed it in the United States, they could take their daughter to Sweden or somewhere internationally to have make it happen and so at the end of the day it's like they continue to try to make this hard for poor women who if they cannot get it legally they would try to do with a coat hanger and possibly endanger their lives the thing for me is that this is not really about abortion like only three percent of Planned Parenthood's uh, services are abortion services. Like the yeah. other ninety-seven percent is just general women's reproductive health uh, services. And so for me, it's like, what is this fascination? Or I don't even know if fascination is the right word, but what is this thing that makes these men or these institutions feel like they have to control women's bodies and how we're able to? take care of our bodies what we're able to do with our bodies like what is this fast i guess fascination is the best word like where does this stem from like why do you want this much power and control over my body even if you think about like reproductive aside like they help with cancer screenings why like what do you have against cancer screenings (laughs) like why you know and and becca brought up a good point about it all boiling down to control mm-hmm. it is all about control and abortion is just a tool that they use to flex control and clarence thomas Ugh. saying his name like i have acid reflux really bad and saying his name just made it like <laughs> like i threw up a little bit in my mouth um mm-hmm. like he, he you know for him to pretend like oh, we're not picking on them. We're not even thinking about the abortions. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yes, you are. Because you want to control what I do with my body. And I don't know why. I have no idea why they're so fascinated by it. Hell, y'all don't want to take care of the babies when they get here. No, like, (laughs) why? I, I don't understand it. So some of them have argued that, well, no, these centers aren't using federal dollars for abortions but when they use federal dollars for other services it can offset costs like abortion bullshit okay bullshit you don't care about that if that was the case you will shut down some of these other private clinics you don't care about that you care about controlling black and brown poor people that's what you care about and and women in general and i don't know why i don't know why but to be fair uh... The Supreme Court declined to rule on this, and I think part of it was the notion that um, they're kind of they've gotten way too much publicity right now, especially with the Brett Kavanaugh nomination, and even Brett Kavanaugh didn't dissent. (laughs) I don't, I don't think for one second that they declined because they agree with what the lower courts said. The lower courts said, "Get on out of here." Let these people keep using their Medicaid. I don't think that's why they declined to hear it. They declined because they want to lay low, which makes me feel like it will come up again. 
And maybe after the dust has settled, they'll hear it again. And who knows what will happen? Like we are living in a real time where rights that we have taken for granted can be taken away. We know our our votes aren't even protected anymore. Mm -hmm. We have no voter registration laws anymore. I am just really afraid of how far this will trickle down. But what I will say is I was reading the dissent from um, John Roberts, who is one of the conservative judges, and he is very fed up with 45. And he he made it very clear. (laughs) And I think he's kind of setting the tone for the next couple years for the remainder of this presidency that like we're going to be bipartisan. Like you tried to talk shit about the judicial branch and Mm -hmm. how you picked judges and how they're Obama judges. And he was like, Nope, we are supposed to be uh, nonpartisan. And that is what we're going to be like. He is not with the shits at all. It did make me feel better to read his dissent. And he has spoken out about uh, that man, that orange Mm -hmm. man before. Yeah. That did make me feel better. (laughs) Um, even, well, Kavanaugh, he's, as much as I don't like him as a human, he's very, like, by the book when it comes to, like, his ideologies about the law. The only thing that I... Except for when it comes to raping Mm, 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 That's... Mm. I said aside from all of that trash, but, um, like, when it comes to, like, his rulings, he's very much, you know, very much trying to carry the law by what he understands it to be um the only thing was he did believe that like after you know trying to impeach clinton all of a sudden he's like oh yeah president shouldn't be impeached which is why trump wanted him because of course he's trying not to get impeached but yeah i mean brett Kavanaugh is trash gonna be trash but i don't feel like or i'm praying that he doesn't take his anger out on women because of the whole confirmation thing. Well, I'm going to borrow some of your enthusiasm because. <laughs> right. <sighs> yeah. Just... I am very fearful and I don't, I, I don't put my anything in him. I, for, for the most part, I have always felt when it comes to the Supreme Court and most judges, not all, but to the Supreme Court, I felt like they're going to do what's right they're going to interpret the law as it is mm-hmm. and they're going to apply precedent yeah. and they're going to do what's right and i just don't know if i have that same maybe i'm turning into debbie downer so i'm going to borrow some of your enthusiasm <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying i um <laughs> yeah <sighs> i just they've worked so hard to defund planned parenthood really and for why for why, why? Like, yes, Planned Parenthood, um, and I forgot what the article, uh, they gave a number for the amount of abortions that they have uh, carried out, but it's only a small percentage when you look at all the other services they provide. Why do you hate Planned Parenthood so much? Because especially in the republican party they just have like a few catchphrases <laughs> that they they put out and people don't even know why they hate parent planned parenthood people don't know why they need guns but because mm-hmm. people have told them 
they're gonna take your guns away they're like don't take my gun yeah and it's just like (laughs) like even i remember like somebody i grew up with was like yeah blacks they're raping all our women i was like oh when have you when have you seen me rape any of your women wait (laughs) he said that to me he's blocked to high heavens now but yeah he was saying that i was like but I mean, oh. like, but they believe that because they were told to believe that. And there's just, you know, there's no reasoning for the stupid, but. There's no reasoning with stupid. You are absolutely right. Because at the end of the day, like, they vote against their political, I mean, not political, economical, economic <laughs> interest <laughs> yeah. every day. And. They think, oh, because I'm, you know, I'm white, you know, I should vote this way to oppress other people. And I'm like, you know, there's ways to get ahead without stepping on the heads of other people. But that's how that. Well, and I hate that if some of these, some communities, if they don't have Planned Parenthood, what will they have? And they'll have those agencies that pose to help um, especially young girls, mm-hmm. but when you get in there, all they're going to do is pressure you to either have a baby or give your baby up for adoption. They don't give you information. They don't hope, you know, they don't give you information to make the best decision. They're going to guilt you into something you may not want to do. I've seen those billboards and I'm oh like, that God, is not what that place does. <laughs> but I mean, it's yes. it's even the laws, the abortion laws are just so restrictive. It's crazy. So I don't know how it is in Mississippi, but um, in the state that I live in, you have to schedule an appointment um, and then you have to get a consultation. And I think you have to wait like 48 hours after the consultation before you can yeah. actually go back and have a procedure. That's how so there's so many barriers and restrictions. And I hate to go down this like abortion alley because that is not what this ruling was about at all. Um, yeah. But there's just so many barriers and restrictions, even if that's what you want to do, that just prevent you from, from doing what you feel is best for you. That's not what this ruling was about. But it is their way to further restrict abortion right. because right. they know that if they take Medicaid payments away from those planned parenthood clinics, they won't be able to afford the overhead. They won't be able You're to right. continue. Yeah. To yeah. So, you know, it's, it's very valid. I'm not, sh- I don't even know if there is a place in Mississippi. There was one. In I think there's Jackson only one, one left. Well, the, the one, but the, then Mississippi had the law that you had to be, you had to have admission mm-hmm. rights to a mm-hmm. hospital. And then none of the hospitals would give the man admission rights yeah it was crazy yeah that's kind of what we have in texas and then at some point they were saying that you had to bury like the fetus which is also cost prohibitive but i think that got over uh, overruled but yeah wow i just know that this will come up again yeah um i think they were it's just more of like this is not the right time but they'll definitely talk about it again i just wanted to quote what the president of Planned Parenthood had to say, Dr. Lena Wynn, and she just said, as a doctor, I have seen what's at stake when people cannot access the care they mm-hmm. need and when politics gets in the way of people making their own health care mm-hmm. choices. Yeah. 
And I just want people to stop playing politics with my uterus <laughs> and leave me be. <laughs> Amen. I mean, if you're going to let insurance pay for Viagra, right. <laughs> the least you can do is let me decide what happens once that Viagra works. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, Viagra is the best deal out of insurance. I'm paying hundreds of dollars for my health care just because my my pancreas doesn't work and they think of that as a very capitalism (laughs) based opportunity Mm -hmm. like people if i don't have insurance those bottles are a thousand dollars a pop i actually wanted to talk about that for one episode (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so it's just interesting that you know viagra is super cheap you know but Mm. it's for men so Mm. that makes sense all right so moving on to our poor life decision of the week um it is the most wonderful time of the year unless if it's not (laughs) (laughs) and so like when it comes to the holidays um it's just generally a lot of things are happening that stresses us out um it really just bears down on our mental health and our mental wellness during the holidays and so Honestly, like, because Christmas is supposed to be such a happy time, anytime you feel less than, I feel like it really, you know, you start to feel isolated and like Mm -hmm. you're the exception to the rule. So um, we just kind of wanted to talk about just eight general tips for mental wellness around the holidays. And so the great thing about this article was not only does it talk about who's affected and what you can do for yourself but also how you could help a loved one moving forward. I kind of wanted to kind of briefly go over the eight tips and share the tips that they had and ways we can do it better, you know? So the first tip was budget. And (laughs) being as I just had to buy a whole new (laughs) car battery today and I also had to buy presents still. They were talking about just the many expenses during the holidays. So um, buying presents, food. For me, I'm going back home for Christmas, so that's an expense in itself. <laughs> it's just like the stress around like all the money you got to spend for the holidays. Yeah, the budget part is my biggest holiday trigger. It really is. And I like all these other triggers are very real and I get it, but the budget one is probably my biggest one simply because like I want to, and it's mostly with gift, gift giving. Mm-hmm. And even today I had to remind myself that my sister doesn't want me to go into debt right. <laughs> just to make my niece happy. Right. Like I had to remind myself of that, but it's like, I don't know. I like giving gifts. I One, I like giving gifts, but two, I also sometimes feel the pressure to give a gift, specifically like with kids in the family, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I know... These kids are going to be at the house, even if they're not in general, like related to me or that close to me. Still, it's like I can't give this cousin something and not give these kids something. I know they're going to be at the house. So it's like, I don't know. The budget part gets to me the most. Funny enough, um, one of the suggestions they had was host a secret Santa. It says buy one gift for your group of friends or family. So I... I have six siblings, and so uh, I just fundamentally cannot afford to buy all of them presents. So a few years ago, I was like, hey, y'all, 
we're going to do Secret Santa because <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford to give everybody presents. And honestly, it's, it's worked really great. So it's like, for the family at least, I have like one $50 present. That's it. My problem is uh, coworkers <laughs> and friends. Mm. <laughs> Because I can't be diplomatic about that. So I'm like, oh. And like with Secret Santa, with family, like with my family at large, we draw names mm-hmm. um, during Thanksgiving for Christmas. But like with so siblings, mm-hmm. now I don't buy my siblings anything for Christmas anymore because they're all adults, except for my baby sister. I do still give her something because she'll pout. I know. <laughs> but, um, so I'm the oldest of six. Mm-hmm. So I have five six. And I can't, I always feel like I have to because I'm the oldest and there's a big gap between me and them. Mm-hmm. They're close to each other, but there's a big gap between me and them. And so it's like, I always feel that pressure. Like I have to. Now they all have children, so I don't buy for them anymore, but I buy for their kids. And it's like, I feel like I feel like it's expected and I want to be very clear that that's a that is an expectation that I definitely put on myself mm-hmm. but it, I don't know I don't know that I could ever get away with trying to do the secret Santa with friends I wish we did that at work we don't <laughs> we buy a gift for everyone and I do work in a small office and there is a price limit I forgot what it is <laughs> but you're supposed to buy <laughs> I forgot what it is, but you're supposed to buy like a small happy for everybody. Mm -hmm. But that is so difficult for me because I like to be a thoughtful gift giver. And I don't know how to do that for everybody with a $5 budget. And I struggle because I'm just like, man, we all work so hard during the year. And like, we're all adults. Like life can be hard as hell. And so I feel like, you know, it's the holidays, like you deserve something nice. So I put all this right. pressure on myself to find this really nice gift. Cause I'm like, man, life is hard. Like it's been a rough 2018. Like treat yourself. You deserve something good. <laughs> We're such good people. <laughs> I also say, I think generally in my friendships and in life, I have like that whole college like group project. Um, mentality where like <laughs> I, I try to do more than everybody else who, so people say I'm not doing enough you know like well and like it just it stresses me out yeah like at the end of the day like that ten dollar Starbucks gift card will get them at least two lattes and they'll be fine mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also yes. for me um the problem is there's all these deals of stuff I want to buy for myself as well as yes. other people. Yes. <laughs> That's the worst. That's the worst. Stressful. I already, I already have boxes coming in because, of course, I did the bulk of my holiday shopping mm-hmm. online. And, like, two of the boxes I'm looking at right now belong to me. Everything that's in there is for me. My, um, my coworker, actually, she did a really great job of, like, buying everybody's presents before Black Friday. And then the holiday she was like i'm buying stuff for me i'm like that's really mm. brilliant like especially mm-hmm. in july when you ain't got nothing going on just buy a little right. a few presents and <laughs> see oh, oh what if you what if you do that like oh all year long <laughs> it's it. treat yourself all year long i meant for other treat people <laughs> okay oh so right. the next trigger when it comes to mental wellness is family 
And so they were saying not everyone in a family gets along, and sometimes their personality conflicts. Family members may try guilt trips or push boundaries, and you Mm. may feel obligated to do things you don't want to do. There's also, I read actually another article about how there's a lot of people dealing with a lot of stuff in terms of mental illness, and a lot of times family we grew up with you this whole time, so we don't really know how to like adapt to what you need mm-hmm. when it comes to mental illnesses. And or so, we don't want to even acknowledge that your mental illness is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, especially when you are dealing with a mental illness, like being able to like set boundaries with your family and communicate with them. And so, or communicate them. Like, I'm very big about like, in a relationship, I'm really big about, okay, this is how I communicate. This is how I feel loved. But I don't turn around and do that to my family. I'm not like, mm-hmm. okay, this is yeah. how I feel loved. You need to talk to me in this way. Because, hey, they've lived with me my whole life. And, you know, like, <laughs> this self-realization is, like, fairly new. So it's just hard to, like, say that, <laughs> you know? I felt very fortunate when I read this one because my my family specifically my mom's side of family we are very boundary oriented <laughs> <laughs> and um and that side of my family is used to me they know they get it so even when I don't feel like it even when I don't feel like being around people because I am very good at <laughs> staying in my house when I don't want to be around people <laughs> and it's because it's really what's best for everyone <laughs> one of the suggestions they gave was like spend one night mm-hmm, at your family's mm-hmm. house spend mm-hmm. you know I can go home to my home to my granny's house as much as she wants me to during the holidays because I know that if I get there and I am having a moment or I'm just not feeling it, I can just go to her room and shut the door and mm-hmm. lay down and everybody's fine. People, I, I hear people come in the house and like, where's Chris? And she, and then she or someone else will say, oh, she's in the back. And everybody's like, okay, and keep on because they know. And if, you know, I've literally had my granny ask me, can I talk to you now? Oh. Like, and she's not saying it and she's not saying it like condescending or anything. She's like, legit want to know have you like can you hear me now because sometimes I can't hear you at that moment whereas with my dad's side of the family they're not used to seeing me like that because if I don't feel it if I you know how you just feel like you're in a state of anxiousness Mm -hmm. I get like that or I don't feel like being around people I just don't go around Mm -hmm. I think I wish I had gotten this list a lot sooner And I wish I had learned these lessons a long time ago, because I think I put a lot of pressures on myself that like, you have to be around your family for a week during the holidays, like you have to stay at their house for four or five days. And no, we grown as hell. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I have my own house where I pay bills. Like, I love you guys. And if I need my space, it is okay if I want to go to my house after one day. Like, that is yeah. okay. That doesn't make me a bad child, a bad niece, a bad granddaughter. Like, I am still a wonderful human, but I also know that in order to tolerate y'all and to be around y'all and to just be a positive and happy person in general, like, I need to go home in the next, like, 48 hours, and that's okay. Yeah. We put, or we feel like there are a lot of these, like, expectations from us about what we should or should not do or who we need and 
don't need to be. And it takes a lot of undoing to overcome those expectations. Yeah, I will say for my family, <laughs> I'm from a family full of introverts. So we oh, all Lord. just want to like, I mean, even like. No, I'm even saying, if, oh, Lord, because I'm not. And I wish some yeah. of us were introverts. <laughs> even like, because I'm like extroverted, but I'm still an extroverted introvert. So like. Like I said, same, like, same. you know, <laughs> we talk for a while and then we sit down and watch TV and be on our phones or on our computers. We don't really have to talk, talk. <laughs> you just have to be around each other. Yeah. Like, I love yeah. being around my family. I don't have to talk to them. I just like being in the room with them. That's fine. <laughs> like, my family even, they joke about, because like you, like you say, Becca, I, I have my own house and that's one of the perks of not living very far Mm -hmm. like I live an hour away from my family so that's the perk if that's that I don't have to stay for a week I don't have to stay for two or three days Mm -hmm. even and they joke all the time they're like well we know Chris is gonna (laughs) leave like they know that I carve out my amount of time and like when we go visiting other people like my mom my mom is always like well I'm riding with Chris because they know I'm not gonna (laughs) gonna tear I'm not and even and then we sometimes like granny will be like well I'm not riding with Chris because I'm gonna want to stay and everyone knows like I got a plan and I'm sticking to it so the next um tip we're gonna gloss over this because I don't want to talk about it too much but um overindulging so they say our activity levels slow down and there are many opportunities to eat rich food and alcohol which can lead to feelings of guilt or shame or just wanting to avoid it. So, <laughs> yeah, I personally don't find this a problem. <laughs> I no problems here. Let's keep it moving. Okay. <laughs> uh, number four was taking on too much. So, you may have overcommitted or experienced unrealistic expectations during the holiday season, especially during holiday parties. So, this past weekend, I had um, a party I went to. Friday night and honestly I only went because I spent a lot of money on the ticket and I bought it months in advance and then Saturday one of my friends wanted to go to brunch and then I had like two Christmas parties I had to pick between Saturday night guess what I did I went out Friday night Saturday I was like I'm not doing anything (laughs) (laughs) so Listen, at a certain point, you just can't go out like every mm-hmm. night anymore like we used to. If I go out on Friday night, I got to rest Saturday, right. I got to rest Sunday, and I'm going to be dragging on Monday. And, well, <laughs> it was also, the party was called Hennessy in July. And praise God, my sister was oh, like, oh, I love yeah, it. It was unlimited Ooh. Hennessy in July. So, Whose idea was this? Because this sounds terrible. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> So my sister was like, because it was raining that day, and she's like, I'm just going to pay for your like lift, just go on out, which was a godsend, because I drank a lot of Hennessy that night. I'm so glad you didn't ride. <laughs> I know. It was great. But I was like, the next day, I was like, I will not put on any social airs. I am going to craft and sit at home and not talk to people, so. And that's exactly what you did. (laughs) I don't really like. I'm good at not taking on (laughs) because y'all know I'll be like, nope. But on the flip side, I do feel guilty about it on the inside. Mm -hmm. Like I'll feel bad 
but I'm like, I can't do it. And I, and I'm not kidding when I say it's what's best for everyone. Cause if I go and I don't want to be there, everyone's going to feel that. I feel like I overcommit myself because I have really bad FOMO. And I'm like, oh man, these are these once in a lifetime opportunities. Like I'm never going to get the chance to like experience this with these people ever again. So I have to do everything and I don't know how to prioritize. So I'm just like, I'm going to do everything and I'm going to be everywhere. And then I get overwhelmed and I end up not going anywhere. Mm, especially mm. since I turned 30 that's like my big excuse I'm like I'm 30 I'm not going anywhere but really like I have not wanted to go anywhere since 26 so oh my god <laughs> I just use that as my excuse but um so the next um on the flip side the next pain point was loneliness and isolation and it's hilarious like I said I was an extroverted introvert and so like too much time by myself is just as harming to me as too much time with other people. (laughs) So there's just like a happy medium. And I tell Mm. people all the time, like, I just want to be in a room with one person I like, or two people I like. I don't need to be in a whole party. (laughs) Yes, Yes. that's my point. Exactly. Yeah, loneliness can be very dangerous. And it can be really detrimental, but I have very isolating behaviors and I really do try to work on it, but it's just difficult. Yeah. 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 They're talking about pick a winter hobby or join a group. It's like, but sometimes it's cold outside. I don't want to go anywhere. (laughs) And um, it's cold. Group means people. Like, no. (laughs) What about join a group text? Mm, there we go. There you go. <laughs> and I don't. And I, one of the other things was like tell people to check up on you. Yeah. Like one, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Two, I don't have to do that because again, a group I have, text. <laughs> I, I have, you have people who get you. Because there are times when I have like seriously tried to flake out of something, and Doya and Becca would be like, "No, yeah. get dressed, go." And I'm like, but I don't wanna. And they're like, no, you right. have to go. And my cousins are really good about that too. I'm very blessed to live near my live near several of my cousins, and they definitely will be like, listen, we let you stay in the house last weekend. You're getting your ass yeah. out the house. That's a good one. And and I hate it at the moment, but after the fact, I'm always mm-hmm. glad that y'all make me leave the house. So I have a weird paranoia about like I used to think I was like, okay, if I came home from work and died on a Friday, like. Nobody would know. Oh <laughs> Nobody would know that like anything was wrong till Monday, like when I didn't show up to work. <laughs> now I'm gonna start thinking. But now, that. like now that I think about it, it's like y'all would be like, if I didn't text Friday night, y'all would be like, are you, you know, what's wrong? If my boyfriend couldn't get in touch with me, he would call everybody. <laughs> like, and so like even though there aren't people like physically in my space. I just, it makes me happy to know that, like, somebody be worried and check on me. Yeah. And I think that's <laughs> the whole point is that you have to, mental illness can be so isolating and you have to really mm-hmm. make sure that you have people who are available and can support you. Oh, we love you. 
Oh, I got you. Your bag. Bag. <laughs> if you go MIA for a day in the group text, I'm yeah, checking the phone. There's something seriously wrong if I yes. don't text something random. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the sixth pain point was loss, and so they're talking about holidays can be a reminder of the loss of a long loved one. And so I'm going to try very hard not to cry through this. But um, I lost my dad two years ago, and the first Christmas without him was just so empty because he mm. like I said my dad was like the pastor and the chaplain of our family mm. and you know always playing Christmas songs and then he would talk about you know preach <laughs> about Jesus <laughs> and how he's a true reason for the season and how like <laughs> nobody wants to give other people presents for their birthdays but Jesus gives us presents for his <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, the first year was just, like, I tried, you know, to be strong for my family. But at the same time, I just, it was so hard. His his presence was so missing mm. in that space. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so uh, Christmas is, especially when you do lose a loved one, it is such a hard time to think about times without them. Mm. And so, like... One of the, I was just okay. gonna say, if you know anybody who has lost, especially in the first year, the first year is so important to be able to reach out to your friends. Of on Mother's Day and Father's Day, pretty much the only friends I reach out to is people who've lost mothers and fathers, because I know that day is so hard yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. And so, Christmas and is just if you don't, if you if you don't mind, and I I want to give you a second just to like you know catch your mm-hmm. breath, but if you don't mind. I would love if you would just kind of share with, um, you know, our listeners, what's the best way to do that? Right. Because for me, I I always worry I'm going to say the wrong mm-hmm. thing. I don't want to, you know, because I don't like it when people say the yeah. wrong thing to me. But at the same time, I also, you know, can acknowledge that I know they're coming from a good place. What are things that you really, really appreciate during this I time? think just simply saying I'm thinking about you. I wrote a blog post once and I was like, I really hate when people say I'm sorry. <laughs> and so like, mm-hmm. if anybody loses somebody, that's the last thing I'll say. Cause it's like, yeah, it's, uh, you're not, you know, it wasn't something you did. So you can't really say you're sorry, <laughs> you know, but um, that was just like my little glitch, you know, about it. So like, even just saying, I'm thinking about you, that's just so important. Cause a lot of times yeah. you get a lot of, you know, support the first month and then everybody moves on with their life and Uh, and you feel forgotten and your world is just broken while everybody's moving on with their lives well one thing that the article suggests was doing things to keep your loved one's memory alive and like honoring traditions that were important to them and i just think that that may depend on the person because for me like when my family does that a lot around Christmas time and it makes me initially the first couple of years, it made me really sad and I couldn't take it. I'm a little better about it now. Like I can talk about yeah. her now, but before I really couldn't. So um, I think it's just best to be supportive, yeah. you know? And like you said, just let people know that, you know, I'm thinking about you and I'm here. Sometimes like people just want to know that you're mm-hmm. there. Yeah. That whether they feel like talking or not, just knowing that you're there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I saw a graphic like on Instagram the other day where they had like a frame that was like, oh, this is a special person. And it was like basically like a place setting. 
at Christmas, and I'm like, please don't do that because that would like oh, mess God. me up. Yeah, <laughs> that was, yeah. Oh, I would lose it. I yeah, lose so it. like it's it's different for everyone, and that's what I've learned about grief. Even like like I said, I have six siblings, yeah. and we grieve in six completely different ways. different ways. So I think yeah. at the end of the day, just showing love for the people you know that are grieving. The next one is seasonal affective disorder, and I uh complain about this so much for someone who does not have a clinical diagnosis about it but (laughs) I just any day like if there's like four days of gray skies I'm just like this world is horrible I want off (laughs) I love gray skies (laughs) I love it I love when it's dark I love when it rains I love when it's Oh, like I, I need oh. blue skies and the sun, even if it's gonna be cold. I just need like light. <laughs> one of one of um one of my line sisters came to my house, and she is a listener of the show, and she will know I'm talking <laughs> about her. She attempted to like open my curtains and open my blinds, and I was like, "Girl, purposely buy light blocker curtains like no i like it dark i like the dark i just i mm. just do i, I used to have light blacker curtains and i don't have it now i kind of like it because like if i wake up and i see light that means it's daytime <laughs> <laughs> it's time to go like i just yeah like i remember i went to seattle and it was mm. characteristically like just sunny and blue gray it was sunny oh, and blue when sunny? I was there. And then the last day it was gray and I was like, get me out of here. Like, I can't do this. <laughs> so. I just love it. I love it because it makes me want to, like, just get a blanket and just, like, cuddle up on the couch and watch TV, read a book, just spend time I'm with just me. very confused by <laughs> darkness. Like, right now, like, at 8 p.m. it's dark and I'm like, okay, it's time for bed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So the last one was year end reflection. And so it says as a year comes close, comes to a close, many of us reflect on what has changed or stayed the same. And so there's always these New Year's resolutions that um, we don't fulfill at all. (laughs) And to some extent, I've just been like, you know what, I'm not even setting any expectations because I know I'm just not going to mm-hmm. do it. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to the gym. <laughs> like, because, hey, there's too many people in the gym in January. <laughs> mm-hmm. Listen, when I used to be a gym rat, it used to make me so angry in January. <laughs> it's like so somebody bad. on my favorite machine. All the time. <sighs> in my gym. People will be on my favorite machine, on my backup uh, machine. It's like, look at these people. They're not going to be here right. in two weeks. <laughs> no, I don't have time for that. It talks about giving yourself credit and looking to the future with optimism. So, um, with what, doing What? <laughs> optimism. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's the moonshine. Let me slurk. <laughs> y'all supposed to act like out of here. <laughs> Not to get off topic, but y'all, that's my favorite part of the show. I hope listeners, I hope you love it as much as I do. I hope you love how like we start off like we've already we've already been drinking, so it's not that strong. But then towards the end of the show, when I go back and listen, all of us are swearing. I love it. Anyways, 
So just the notion of like knowing, you know, I may not have 100% gotten to where I thought I was going to be this year, but, you know, I'm still here and I can do it next year. Um, I don't really set um resolutions. I probably haven't done that since I was in yeah. high school, but I just end of year reflection does kind of make me mm-hmm. sad. But it's only because, just bear with me, so I have this huge fear of death. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the year, I always realize, wow, this year was fast. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like, oh, my life is passing away. And I go through that every single year. So last year, I decided I'm going to do a vision board. And I'm going to put my energy into that instead of thinking about, you know, gloom Mm -hmm. and doom. Um. I still have not made that vision board. I bought all the supplies. <laughs> that was that was um last December. Yeah. I bought all the supplies, but I have not made that vision board. Um, vision boards are tricky because like if you ask five people about what a vision board will look like, they'll tell you five different ideas. And so, um, like for me But I think that's for a me, major too. I don't really like magazine picture-based vision boards because I think that's other visions that I'm trying to force into my own so at the end of the day like I'm good with just doodling some stuff as far as like what I wanted to and do you are a naturally mm-hmm. creative person though so other people might feel like I yeah. need help with this picture um I don't know words right now but I need yeah. help visualizing <laughs> yeah visualizing at the end of the day I think it just yeah. It's what you make it out to be. <laughs> yeah. What I what I pulled from, I think, this whole article was just the fact that that it was just forcing, or it will force me to be more self aware in general, mm-hmm. just yeah. to help identify like what are things that are going to trigger like anxiety or depression for me. What kind of tools and plans do I have in place to address those things when they come up? Like. Do I have like my group text on speed dial so I could like group FaceTime yeah. y'all if I need to or things like that? And then just being creating my own rituals. So, especially towards the end of the year, like not wanting to do a New Year's resolution, but thinking about like what are the things that I do want to do for myself to honor like another journey around the sun that aren't going to like create more anxiety because I'm going to feel pressure about like having to fulfill some resolution I make but just some way of acknowledging that like shit I made it through another year yeah <laughs> at the very so do you have plans Becca do you have plans of what you might want for a do? ritual so one thing that I started doing last year just kind of like haphazardly but I'm definitely going to be more intentional about it this year is reaching out to all of the people that I care about and asking them to give me one lesson that they learned in 2018. And then I am journaling all of their lessons um, and just keeping them in a space that I can go back to throughout the year. Okay. Let me start thinking about that. (laughs) I was about to say, give me a head start because I don't know what lesson I learned. So be thinking about that in the next couple of weeks because that question is coming for y'all. Yeah. My big thing, I'm always just like, stay black and not die. <laughs> if I can do that, okay. I'm good. That's the biggest lesson you learned in 2018? No, that's just generally my goal general. for every day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's a lot, and we'll definitely share the article, but there's a lot to think about. 
when it comes to the holidays and possible triggers and things that drag you down and how to make the best of it and yeah get you a group text <laughs> those mm-hmm. are <laughs> they're everything um <laughs> so let's move on to the best part of the podcast <laughs> buy you a drink <laughs> <laughs> who wants to buy a drink first i will mine's short sweet and quick <laughs> I'm going to buy a drink for one of my coworkers. Um, let's call him Mike because Mike cooked for mm. everyone. He did grilled tenderloin mm. and uh, mac and cheese and mashed potatoes and some other things that I didn't eat. That's all I ate. It was delicious and it was right on time because I walked out the house and left oh. my lunch. Thanks, so Mike. I am buying. <laughs> I'm buying. Mike strikes me as a beer drinker, so I'm gonna buy Mike two rounds of Heineken. There you go. Um, so this week I am going to buy a drink for Nancy Pelosi because yes. she sat in the Oval Office today and got into a damn near screaming match with 45 over the government shutdown and building this wall. <laughs> <laughs> All the sound effects for Nancy. I didn't mean that. <laughs> she... It applies. She fucking deserves it, though, for having to deal with that shit on camera and hold it together when he was spewing the most ridiculousness. So she strikes me as a whiskey drinker, so I'm going to give mm. her a whiskey meat. I will say that, like, mm. Nancy, like, a lot of people gave her crap about wanting to be the House Majority Leader, but honestly... When has your fave ever? Like, <laughs> she, like, did a great job when she was previous mm-hmm. House Majority Leader. So um, I'm happy that she, in a way, she was able to give people positions to keep her job. But, <laughs> you know, I like the way she does the things that she does. So for my pour you a drink, I would like to pour a drink for turkey pot pie. Because uh, sometimes you just... I will oh not be applauding that. Sometimes you just don't want to cook. <laughs> and your go-to is pot pie? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I, not chicken. I'm eating turkey pot pie. And y'all oh are just goodness. going to. Listen, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. Did you make this pot pie? No, I microwaved it. Oh. Again. <laughs> y'all are not going to give me too much because I love me some turkey pot pie and I recently upgraded to Marie Callender's and <laughs> where are you coming from? Banquet. Oh my god. Oh god. Banquet is so messy. It was. It was from my childhood and I didn't know any better. Oh, <laughs> oh god. Anyways, I like turkey oh. pot pie. It gives me vegetables and turkey and pie crust and it makes me happy. So Oh. <laughs> oh goodness all right mm-hmm. <laughs> well do we have any like announcements anything big coming up um so this week we're actually going to do a giveaway for our poor life decision hey. t-shirt um check us out on instagram poor life decision for ways where you can win a super cool t-shirt that all your friends are gonna love everybody's gonna want one <laughs> 
Otherwise, um, reach out to us on social media. We like to chat with y'all a lot. So our Twitter is PLDPod. And then our Instagram is Poor Life Decision. One decision because we are fixing them one at a time. And then check us out on our website and our Etsy shop, also called Poor Life Decision. Yes. Please, please, please check us out. Talk to us. Let us know what some of your poor life decisions are. And also... Um, let us know who you want to buy a drink for. We'll share. Let us know who you want to buy. More a turkey pot pies. <laughs> no, no one wants Dorian. No one wants a turkey pot pie. No. Leave me alone. It's easy food. <laughs> Thank y'all for tuning in again and being with us again. I love y'all. <laughs> Thanks for being Bye. with us. Bye. I got a ride with my guy, no safety So I don't go shooting where your nigga be I hear you dodging bullets trying to play me And I'm left to deal with how you say me Got a whole lot of love, ain't trying to waste it You got me running around and I never chase it Your face so pretty to me, makeup ain't make it Your face so pretty to me, makeup can make it But I think that I'm done tripping, I'm tripping